Welcome all you Plus 2 Comedy Modifiers to another episode of the Plus 2 Comedy Podcast. I'm your host as always, TV's Doe Woolhan. And before we get to our fantastic episode with Mr. Mark Poulton, I have sad news. Yes, it's time for sad news. Uh, unfortunately, my partner in crime, Mr. Will Liam, was run over by a forklift. I know that that is a ridiculously sounding sentence, but Will is known for getting himself in situations reserved for cartoon characters. Will will be undergoing surgery very soon, so please give him all of your love and thoughts through the Plus Two Comedy page. It would really mean a lot for him right now, as we wish him well in the road to recovery. The show will continue every week. It's going to change formats a little bit. We're going to try our best to keep content coming out for you guys but will's hurt so we're gonna do our best thank you guys so much for understanding and sending your love to will also if you'd like to come see me i will be performing at the taproom bar and grill friday february 12th at eight o'clock it is a benefit show for leukemia it's twenty dollars and 15 percent of all money spent will also be donated to leukemia so thank you so much for coming out for that come see me Come see Matt Haggerty, Neil Carroll, and a bunch of other people that have appeared on this show. Thank you so much in advance. And finally, this episode of the Plus Two Comedy Podcast is brought to you by the Hillbilly Horror Show. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Guider, the character of Cephas from the hit franchise Hillbilly Horror Show. To celebrate the new year, we're giving away to three lucky winners. Personalized autographs Hillbilly Horror Show posters from Lynn Lowry. Oh, yes, that's right. Legendary Lynn Lowry. For more information, go to the Hillbilly Horror Show Facebook page for all the details. And don't forget to catch Lynn Lowry in Hillbilly Horror Show Volume 3. And while you're at it, go to www.hillbillyhorrorshow.com. And now, without any further ado, take it away, Kirby Crackle. Who's ready for a podcast? Nice attempt. Thank you. Who's here to do other things who's currently being annoyed by a podcast? Oh, they are engrossed this week. This is the Plus Two Comedy Podcast. I'm your host, as always, TV's Noah Houlihan. We're recording live at Nerdvana. That's 3003 English Creek Avenue in Egg Harbor Township, New Jersey. I am joined, as always... By the David Bowie no. to my Freddie Mercury, Mr. William. How you doing, Will? I'm sad. I know it's sad, but I thought that would be a nice tribute. Too yeah. soon, it's a tribute. You should always do a tribute immediately. I guess. So we're I, gonna do I a was... tribute, but we're going to wait a few months. <laughs> it's still fresh. You almost didn't have me tonight. I was uh, you were that very upset. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here. Me, Good to me see too. you. And now that we're all sad, mm-hmm. our guest this week <laughs> is a freelance comic book creator. He's also the author of A Cat Named Haiku. Please give it up for Mark Poulton. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Mark. I greatly appreciate it. Now, uh, before we get things started here, we always do an icebreaker question. Just a little something to uh, break the ice. Uh, and this comes from a uh, past guest, uh, Ryan Cryptic. What is the most shameful thing you have done to support your fandom? The most shameful thing you've done to support your fandom. When I was a teenager, my brother uh, went to a comic book convention uh, with me, and it was like during the 90s when the height of indie comics was crazy. This was like a real comic book convention. Yeah, it was... uh, Yeah, this wasn't like a multi-culture convention. No, no. It's like, no, this is for comics. (laughs) No, there was no uh, Battlestar Galactica actors there or or any of that. No Harry Potter fans or anything like that. No. So, I don't know if you guys remember Malibu Comics. Malibu Comics? Yeah, Yeah. Marvel ended up buying them. Okay. for like a couple months, they were hot. And they were having all their creators doing signings. And the line was cut off, and uh, they said there was no way to get in the line unless I got a Malibu tattoo on my forehead. It was just one of those uh, wet ones that you just... <laughs> okay, because oh. I was about to say, I'm no. looking at your forehead. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I got that done, and I got to the front of the line, and I met all the creators. Um, 
and I quickly left the con right after. <laughs> so the most shameful thing you've done for your fandom is you got your forehead slightly dirty. Yeah. For a little bit. <laughs> did they have water? Or did a guy lick it? Uh, I had to lick it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. that, that's another level. At least you got to lick it yourself, and it wasn't just some guy like, "Here you go." Ah, that's for you. <laughs> Are Was you it worth it? Um, looking I, back, <laughs> like I don't think any of those creators were anyone that turned into <laughs> to anything. What, what was so, your favorite Malibu comic that you just needed to discuss with them? Uh, I was a big fan of Sludge. Sludge? I don't even know Sludge. It, it was like a Swamp Thing knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I mean... That's what you got on your forehead, some a little bit of sludge. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's appropriate, yeah. <laughs> uh, Will any uh, any shameful fandom stories you want to throw in? I wasn't even thinking about. It. I don't think I've done anything. I've done things I'm embarrassed about, not for them, just in general. Just, in general. <laughs> just, just living your life. Yeah, like calling out of work to play new release games and things like that. All right, that makes sense. That makes sense. I guess mine would be was when I dressed up as Misty for Pokemon. Well, what fandom were you helping? Po- Pokemon. Oh, I'm just, sure they really appreciated it. They really it. did. They loved it. <laughs> Every, everyone kept coming up to me like, oh, you're the second ugliest Misty I've seen today. I was like, second? <laughs> I, I lost another thing. I, you might, I saw that other Misty. Uh, you, he, he owned it more than you did. <laughs> and that made him uglier as a Misty? I don't think he was ugly. He's just... He wasn't an attractive man. <laughs> all, right, all right. But it, okay. that did not bother him. All right. That makes sense. Are, are you painting a Star War? Is that what you're painting? Okay. Oh, yeah. You can oh. customize the Star War? As, as awesome. always, short shout-outs to the Star Wars Armada group. Yeah. Will they play Armada? Are, are those X-Wing people next to you guys? Is that okay? Uh, no. it's a uh-oh. Star Wars war. It's a Star, a Star Wars war. <laughs> so, Mark... <laughs> so, I know that you are a, a freelance comic book creator, is, is the, the word I keep seeing thrown around? Yeah. What exactly does that mean? Uh, it means I, besides working on my own independent stuff, if a company were to hire me, I would not turn it down. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, all right. I've, uh, I've worked for DC Comics, uh, Image Comics, um, done some crazy jobs. I've, I did a job for a... Uh, Mexican restaurant chain, Ooh. Uh, creating comic book characters for their menu. What were oh, some of really? the characters? Oh man! Yeah, yeah, um, please go into more detail <laughs> about this because I love uh, this. Uh, El Jaguar. That um, means the Jaguar. Yes. <laughs> um, Capitan Fuego. Man, this not Fuego. Picante. There's. Uh, I can't remember. Picante's I'm drawing spicy, a blank. Right? There was. Um, Basically, it was like uh, the Avengers, but the Mexican version of them. There was, um, oh, the Croc. That was the Hulk, uh, their Hulk character. I think Croc is taken, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's not. It a, wasn't El Croc? No, no. It was just. Uh, it was just the Croc? It was just Croc. There was no the or okay, L right, in, okay. in front of it. Yeah. Um, what else was there? Captain Mexico? There there was a character like that. I cannot remember his name, though. I bet it was Captain Mexico. Capitan Mexico. But, uh... Capitan Ojoaca. Yeah, I, I did, like, uh... I did a couple of books... Books worth of material for them. Um, I don't know if they were ever released. And, and but they I were hope just, they like, were. pictures on the children's menu page well, of the menu? Well, they, they wanted... They decided after they created these characters, they wanted to do their own graphic novels. So... I wrote a couple graphic novels for them. I don't know whatever happened with them, but I do know they have like six foot tall statues of these characters <laughs> that I created in their restaurant. Um, one, d- well, a lot of people yeah. don't know that Spider Man started out as a, a White Castle <laughs> mascot. <laughs> I'm just picturing a lot of like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have the cheeseburger, but can you hold the cheese? Yes, but it won't be canon. <laughs> So that, that's really interesting that they actually made statues for their menu mascots. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to find this. That That's the new goal, is to find this. But what did you do for uh, DC Comics? Um, I co-wrote uh, Savage Hawkman during the uh, 
the new 52 when they launched that. Really? Yeah. That's uh, awesome. My co-writer was uh, Rob Liefeld, creator of Deadpool. Okay, yeah. all right. That's way cool. Yeah. Uh, I grew up like a huge Liefeld fan, so uh, to get to work with him, I, I consider him my, my hero. It was, uh, it was uh, fun times. <laughs> How much pressure was on you for that one? Because you're taking a, an established character and rebooting him. So, like, what were you willing to change and not um, change? You know, surprisingly, I wasn't that nervous. Um, I did the the scripting, uh, and Rob did the plot. So Rob handled the story, and then I would just plot it out and do all the narration and dialogue, stuff like that. But I I guess I should have been more nervous, but I really, I just, uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, you're you're given like an outline, basically, and then you're just filling in the blanks. And I guess it's kind of like hard. Yeah, (laughs) like Rob... I think, uh, like, Rob's kind of steered the ship, and I just, uh, you know, followed followed his lead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I guess as long as you don't write dialogue like, I remember when my father, Peter Parker, told me. It's like, oh, ooh, now you're messing with stuff. <laughs> you, you, do you do just writing freelance, or do you also do art freelance? Um, I, I do art. Um, usually it's just uh, for my children's book series, A Cat Named Taiku. Um oh. I I'd, uh, I'd just stick pretty much stick to the uh, like the children's book stuff. My art's kind of I'd say more kids geared towards kids <laughs> and professional wrestling fans, of course. Oh yeah, well I'm a huge wrestling fan myself, so I gotta <laughs> I gotta do the the wrestling artwork just to keep myself happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of your piece for the Shield. Oh, thank that you. That is fantastic. <laughs> Uh, and your your book, uh, A Cat Named Haiku, which I'm assuming is named after one half of the head shrinkers, King Haiku. Uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. That joke was from me. It, what's funny is a friend uh, suggested I do a, a, a cat named Haiku. So I actually, okay. there's actually a sketch of that that exists. Oh, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the book is about the, uh, the day in the life of a cat told completely in haiku, which is uh, the Japanese form of poetry. Um, he learns different uh, lessons on friendship and love. Uh, there's been <laughs> there's been uh, three volumes. Getting some coups from the crowd off. The uh, the third volume just came out. Um, it was called Forever Friends, and that was an anthology. And I uh, I got a bunch of my uh, comic book writer friends from DC Comics, Image Comics, to uh, chip in and write a haiku, and I illustrated okay. them all. And uh, we donated the proceeds to. Um, Forever Friends, which is uh, an animal shelter in South Jersey. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which, do you know where that is? Uh, it's in, uh, like, the, I think, West Effort. I think I got a dog from there. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they're a great organization. Um, Named Limerick. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, if it's the place I'm thinking of, all the, they have, like, the, like, a stock name that it they give it if it didn't come with like if it wasn't given to them with a name and all of them are puns uh-huh. and I loved all like the, the dog we got was Sherlock Bones oh that's great <laughs> his name is Dugan now because he's stupid <laughs> that, that is true that the shelter always is like oh we named this dog Snowy well I'm calling it Angel so I hope yeah. it doesn't have a, a cri- an identity crisis when I get it home well, so- I still get emails they're like how's Sherlock Bones I'm like it's not it's name <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> so, why a children's book? I think that's it's always interesting for that people go into children's book because it's not uh, the most well read, I guess. Uh, of uh, yeah, they're not good literature, not good readers. Children, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess. When I when I started out in in comics, uh, I started out with a series called Coney Waves, and it was about a female detective in Hawaii, and uh, the <laughs> artist uh, tended to draw. Even if the stories didn't dictate it, he would fit in TNA wherever he could. Of course, of course. Could, could fit it. Got to move and, books. Uh, we would get a lot of weird looks by, from parents at conventions and stuff. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of wanted to uh, wipe the grime off me that, that <laughs> and, uh, and do a children's book, um, which, fu- funnily enough, uh, if that's a word, funnily. Um, Not funnily. It's funnily. <laughs> um, like... As when the book was announced, uh, my wife and I we found out we were having our son. So okay. uh, before that, I, I didn't have any children, and my son sort of coincided with the book. <laughs> okay, cool. 
Um, there's actually like uh, when I did the the signing at San Diego Comic Con, my son was about two months old, and there's like photos of him sitting on my lap as I'm like signing and <laughs> sketching. <laughs> I must have like did hundreds of haiku sketches with him on my lap. <laughs> That's awesome. You got to be ambidextrous once yeah. you become a father. So, why haikus, by the way? I don't know. Um, I was thinking. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a title person. If I can come up with a clever title, that's sort of how I sh- I uh, know I have something. And I was I wanted to do a children's book, and I knew I wanted it to be about a cat. And I was just thinking of names, and I would, uh, and I I wanted to call it a cat named something. And then I thought of haiku, and I was like, oh well, the book writes itself now. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Easy. Marketable. All, all good qualities for a book to have. <laughs> so what's next for you? What do you got coming down the pipeline? Uh, the latest haiku book did uh, so well that the publisher um, asked me to put together a, a hardcover collection of all three volumes. Cool. So I included a new story in it uh, called Cthulhu Loves Kittens. Ooh. And uh, uh, the, the, in the story, uh, Cthulhu lives in Mark and Haiku's basement. And... <laughs> Haiku discovers him one night. <laughs> Thank you. C- Cthulhu's tough. It's already three syllables, so yeah. it's going to be hard to get a lot of information out per <laughs> Cthulhu per is a... Uh, uh. So I did that, and I'm working on a book um, with Jesse Snyder, who is the son of uh, D. Snyder from Twisted Sister. Um, but Jesse writes comic books. He's written um, Toy Story and The Muppets for, um, for Boom. Um, really? He wrote uh, Dead Romeo for DC Comics. He did a, a Deadpool story for Marvel. Um, we're doing a book called King of Kings, and it's about Odin and his two sons, Thor and Loki, and they're the world's greatest heavy metal band. Okay. And right. they have fallen on hard times, so they want to uh, regain their uh, title as the King of Kings, so they enter a battle of the bands against other gods. Okay, uh, all right. They, they face off against uh, Jesus and the Apostles. What kind of music do they do? Jesus and the Apostles. They, they are um, like Iggy and the Stooges. Oh, all right. <laughs> Jesus kind of looks... If you shaved him, he'd look like yeah. Iggy Pop. Um, uh, they're not like Nine Inch Nails? <laughs> Who are you waving to now? <laughs> no one. <laughs> uh, some of the other bands are uh, uh, Kool-Aid and the Gang. Uh, they represent Scientology. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, all right. I like it. I, I thought maybe you thought people worshipped the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> which which is a religion I'd love to see. <laughs> uh, who Prepare else? Have your wall for the second coming of the Kool-Aid man. There's uh, Lucifer Ant- Antichrist, and he um, he looks like uh, Danzig, but with little devil horns. <laughs> <laughs> he also needs a stepladder to, to, to play his guitar. Just like Danzig. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's been a lot of fun to work on. Um, and Jesse and his dad, actually, because Jess- Jesse's a mu- musician, too. They recorded a song together called um, Fight to the Death, and that's okay. Odin and the Gods of Rock's uh, single for the comic book. That's awesome. <laughs> that sounds good. So you can actually uh, download it now on SoundCloud uh, under uh, Jesse Blaze Snyder. Cool, cool. Have you- Do you have an atheist band? Uh, we do. Nothing uh, in the silence? <laughs> he, he's uh, Fred, Zepp, uh, Fred Zeppelin, and he's based on Frank Zappa. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. And of course, th- this isn't Marvel Thor and Loki. This no. Is, this is actual Thor yes. and Loki. Non-copy. Yeah, the, the real Thor and Loki. Have, have you ever seen a movie called Six String Samurai? Uh, I have not seen it, but there was a comic book based on it, and I oh, bought the comic there? book. Yeah. I li- that's Six String Samurai is my favorite movie concept that is maybe the worst movie. Uh-huh. And oh, I know people hate I, I love the idea of it because it's, it's this guy who's Buddy Holly. He's like a rockabilly yeah. guy and he's Elvis died and now bands are competing to be the new king of Vegas. But they're all just music genres. And it sounds very... It's, it, but Yours sounds like the good execution yeah. versus Six String Samurai, where there's just an hour in the middle of like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, I, I remember the I remember the movie, but I I was surprised there was actually a comic book tie-in. I didn't uh, know that. No, yeah, I, I picked it up because Rob Liefeld did it. Oh, nice. <laughs> 
I, I was afraid for a moment that you were going to say, I haven't seen the movie, but I helped write the comic. Like, oh, crap. <laughs> Research department should have been on this. <laughs> so is there a uh, one superhero that you would love to, to write for? Uh, I would say it's probably a, a toss-up between Spider-Man and Booster Gold. I kind of like the the characters with uh, comedy towards uh, to them. Absolutely. Uh, I think if I had to choose one, though, Booster would probably be it because I bring in I bring in Ted Cord or, uh, Ted Cord Blue Beetle and uh, just do wacky adventures with them. <laughs> I think if Batman versus Superman does well enough, Booster Gold could be like the next one down the pipeline. If, and I think be- people don't know him enough. That, like, it would be such a new experience that people will really start getting into it. I think you could do it like an Ant-Man. Like yeah, a, a exactly. new take on the superhero. Like a comedy movie versus a drama. Yes. Like all of DC's And no one's going to get mad if you change stuff because it's like, I don't know who this guy... Like ten people will be like, that's not his power. <laughs> I think I heard there's a, a Booster TV series in development. No way. Yeah. Well, DC's making a show out of everything, yeah. so... Yeah, because they don't know how to make movies. <laughs> They're like, yeah, let's throw more TV shows at it. Because I believe, actually, now that I think about it, uh, what's his name for Firefly was like hardcore campaigning to be Booster Gold. Oh, uh, Nathan Fillion. Mal Reynolds. Yes, Mal Reynolds. No, <laughs> Nathan Fillion was hardcore campaigning, who I can't I can't think of a better other than myself. Ma- uh, <laughs> other ma- cast members of Firefly? <laughs> <laughs> no, a better Booster Gold. No, no, yeah, I, I'm just Steve saying the pirate Steve the Pirate would also make a great Booster Gold. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Alan Tudyk, I do know his name. Yes. I know his name. I like Steve the Pirate better. Yeah. No, he could Poor be Ted God. Cord. <laughs> <laughs> so we like to geek out on this show, and we do it with a segment called What You Watch and What You Read and What You Play. So where we talk about what we're watching and what we're reading and what we're playing. <laughs> Mark, you're new to the group. What have you been watching? Uh, I watched a documentary on uh, Canon Films called Electric Bo- uh, Boogaloo. Um, I don't know if you remember Canon Films, but during the 80s, they made, like, Over the Top, Cyborg, all, like, the, the action films of my childhood. And the, and the documentary was just fascinating. It's about two Greek cousins who have no knowledge of the movie industry, but they're wealthy and they want to make movies. So they come to Hollywood and they just start handing out movie deals to anyone. Um, the, the story with Jean-Claude Van Damme was he wanted to break into films, so he went to their office and sat sat there in their waiting room all day until the owner came out, and he ran up to him when he saw him and did a a, uh, a spin kick right in his face, and that's how he got his movie deal. <laughs> what? <laughs> this man physically attacked me. <laughs> Is there some sort of terrorist hockey film we could put him in? So, um, they, I mean, Van, Van Damme got his start there. Uh, Chuck Norris doing the Missing in Action film. Did he also run? It just seems like guys <laughs> no, would run up and get out. almost hit them. And out of fear, they'd be like, fine, fine, you get a deal too. No, Van Damme was a little unorthodox. Um, but it just fit in with the uh, the whole culture of the of the studio, um, it was rumored that you didn't leave you didn't leave Canon Films offices without a movie deal of some sort. <laughs> oh. um, but, but but like my favorite uh, series of films they did were the uh, the Amer- American Ninja films, uh, starring Michael <laughs> Dudikoff, mm-hmm. who they hired, but he had no martial arts experience. <laughs> okay, so they had to teach him. They hired him because he looked like James Dean. <laughs> Do you know any martial arts? No. We'll fix it. <laughs> uh, now now he's actually a, an accomplished martial artist, but back then he just got the, the role based off looks. But uh, the, the the movies are awesome. Like, there's a scene in American Ninja where, I don't know if Michael Dudikoff wasn't even available or not, but there's clearly a different actor playing him, and they don't try to hide it. They just show <laughs> a different actor. Well, that's how good a ninja he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got facial reconstructive yeah, he can surgery. Form an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> now you, you said that one of the films they made was over the top. Yes, the, the arm wrestling uh-huh. movie. Is that considered an action film? Um, I don't know I don't what know. else you'd call it. Yeah, I don't really know. What, <laughs> I mean, he drives a Mack truck too, and he drives it through a house. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> because of arm wrestling. Yeah. yeah. I thought arm wrestling was going to take off after that movie. 
<laughs> well, doesn't he break somebody's arm in that movie, or am I or am I just like, thinking of the fly? No, I think he. I think he does. He like yeah, pops somebody's arm out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Most football movies, like when someone gets injured, it's just like them on the ground, like "Ooh, I'm hurt, coach." It's like, all right, I think I can deal with that type of pain. But when you show someone's arm being snapped like a twig and be like, "That's part of the sport," it's like, yeah. no, no, no. He's, uh, then I am not. He's got to win that truck. I think was the end game there. <laughs> Even though he already had a truck that he loved. Well, he broke it when it ran into that house. <laughs> oh, all right. Yes, he needs a new I truck. I guess I got to arm wrestle. <laughs> all right, maybe that movie did make sense. <laughs> and then he teaches his son. <laughs> to break arms. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a uh, retelling of real steel. <laughs> where, where you win the love of your son through a ridiculous sport. <laughs> well, I think it's a pre-telling. A pre-telling. A pre-telling. <laughs> This is going to be just like Real Steel one day. <laughs> Mildly forgotten. <laughs> How about you, Will? What have you been watching? Well, I, I told you, I think, Saturday, I had just started watching the new, the season of Always Sun, season 10 of Always Sunny just popped up on Netflix. Yes. I'm done it now. Wow. I've, it's been two days. Yeah. Uh, to this like six o'clock today, I was like, "Oh, I have time to watch one more episode." Netflix is like, "Of what?" I was like, "Of Always Sunny." Oh, you're done. <laughs> well, how many were there? There were ten, pal. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> they they don't care anymore. I told you, the yeah. first episode seemed like something they just did on accident, which I did watch, where they're trying to yeah. beat Wade Boggs' record for of how many beers they drank on an airplane. <laughs> At one point, Dennis just walks out of the episode and is gone. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is enough. <laughs> it's like I got other stuff to film, but I mean, I guess when you're always sunny and you're on your tenth season, and yeah, I, I wouldn't know you, what to you do. You have a strong cult following, but you know no one else is really watching. You can do whatever you want. No, I thought the whole season was great. It was just so we it had a, a stronger driving plot. I mean, I guess they've been doing that lately since D got pregnant. Yeah, yeah. but the the whole season has the plot of because last season they tried to bury settle the beef with all their enemies. And okay. they burn down Mac and Dennis's apartment, and that stays. Oh, they're okay. homeless now. <laughs> okay, all right. Actual actual plot development, and that drives a couple of episodes. <laughs> I'd like that show, other than the fact that when everyone gets off of an airplane in Philly, they're like, "I thought it was always sunny here." But no, it's not. That's the joke. <laughs> it's usually pretty gray. It's made of eagle sadness. <laughs> uh, so what I've been watching? Did I talk about? Saving Christmas on this podcast yet? Uh, describe it more. I watched the Razzie-nominated movies. The every oh, movie, I think right? you did. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm so surprised you know what this film is. <laughs> Basically, the Razzie movies come out, and I, I try to watch all of them every year. And I, I believe this movie was so bad they tried to like not release it. <laughs> But somehow I had to like special order it from FYE. I was like, I need this movie and I need you not to judge me that I'm buying it. They're like, oh, okay. And then I came back a week later and they're like, they don't want to give it to us. Uh, Will you call them back and you get my film? Uh, so I got it and I finally saw it and it was not worth it. Uh, it's, it's number one, the worst movie on IMDb. It's ranked the first place worst film. And uh, it's... It's not fun bad. It's it's not even really a movie. It's just over and over again, it's like, I have this problem with Christmas. It's like, oh, let me do a biblical retelling of a <laughs> not story enough, Jesus. that will reconnect everything. And that happens like four or five times. Because there's only one bi- story in the Bible about Christmas. You'd think. <laughs> you'd think. But, like, it was... I believe the first one was, I don't understand what snow globes have to do with Christmas. It wasn't snowing that day. And they're like, well, if you look at the snow globe and you take everything away, you'll see the rock that Jesus was born on. And I was like, that doesn't really even answer the question. And you wrote the film. like, Yeah, my snow globe has San Francisco in it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's nothing to do with Christmas. And... Then the second half of the movie is just a dance sequence. <laughs> and, oh, and like a bad techno version Ooh. of a Christmas song. Does Kirk Cameron dance? 
Yeah, Kirk Cameron like slides in at the end and goes, "Let's party!" But like a dance sequence had been going on for five minutes. It's like they've been partying. Where have you been, pal? And like, it's just the one thing that I hate in, when independent movies do this because, like, they think no one will notice, but I notice. And that's when uh, something will happen, and they'll cut to a reaction shot of an extra. That's clearly, like, the director's niece that, like, he promised would be in the movie. So you just have this one shot of this girl, like, ooh, and then you never see her again. Like, that was her purpose, was for her to be kind of concerned by a sentence. It's, it's, but, like, it's not even fun to make fun of. It's just bad and confusing, because nothing is ever happening. It's two guys having a conversation about Christmas. And I was like, I don't care for... I don't want to be part of this argument. <laughs> I just want to turn it off. That's why they didn't want to give it to you. You but, wanted this, Noah. Yeah. You were warned. I thought it would at least be a movie, because I like watching bad movies. This was not a film. Did they save Christmas? Yeah. No, I don't... To be honest, Christmas was never really in danger <laughs> at any point in this film. It was just like one guy was being sort of a curmudgeon. And... Oh, that was the other thing. He's like, we shouldn't have Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we shouldn't be buying toys. We should be giving to the homeless. Uh, the money I spent on presents could have dug a hundred wells. And then he defends Christmas trees, defends snow globes, defends Santas, but never goes back to like, hey, yeah, and also screw charity. That's not what Christmas <laughs> is about. It's, it's a very confusing film. I don't think anyone likes it. So it's... It's not a movie, so I was very disappointed in my lack of film. <laughs> so, Mark, I'll throw it down to you. What have you been reading? Uh, DC Comics put out a uh, two volumes of uh, Batmanga. It's uh, during the height of Batmania, I guess, in the oh, 60s. Oh, I did see. I remember seeing this, like, it's black and white, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's uh, during, I guess, like the height of the Adam West uh, Batman series. Uh, I, it was licensed to a Japanese publisher. Oh, I've heard and, of uh, The stories are awesome. They're just so charming. Uh, the, the Robin steals every story because he's such... <laughs> he just speaks his mind. There's a, there's one issue where uh, Bruce and Dick, they're at a charity auction, and this uh, valuable diamond goes up for, for auction. And this older woman comes up to Bruce and says, oh, you should buy that. <laughs> and and uh, Dick says... He says, Bruce has hundreds of women falling all over him. Why would he buy an old bat like you th- this diamond? <laughs> and then there's another, there's another uh, issue where uh, the villain that they're fighting they think died, and Batman's really upset about it. And Robin just says, why do you care? You're a billionaire. Let's go to the beach. <laughs> That's a good point. And then the, point. So the next couple pages is them playing volleyball. They're just dancing. <laughs> When Robin says "old bat," is bat like italicized? <laughs> is old Bruce like bat. shut up? It, it should have been. No, <laughs> he's such a dark knight. Shush, shush. You're bad at this. It's not a thing people say. <laughs> Which Robin is it? It's uh, Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson. Yeah, that's that's the good one. <laughs> that's the one I enjoy. I like Tim Drake. I was a Tim he, Drake fan. Yeah. He's, he's all right as long as, as long as it's not Jason Todd. I think we're okay. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. When, when a group of comic book fans vote for you to die, you're not a popular character. Uh, Will, you've been reading anything? Yeah, I, got, I picked up a... Uh, it, did you ever see the Teen Titans movie? No. They did a, uh, a movie where they go to Japan. It was right at the end of the ser- the original series. Right. And uh, it, they fight Brush Shogun, who is a guy that can paint monsters and they become real. Uh, it's, it was a cool movie, the... The comic is literally page for page the movie. But oh, okay. I just like having it so I can just put it up there. It's there I don't think they ever released a DVD of the movie. So, so you can prove to people that you supported Teen Titans and were not part of the problem. Yeah, you know, I, like, I can't supported it like ten years after it was canceled. <laughs> okay, all right. But I yeah, it's it's cool. It's a nice, it's a cool read and it's a cool thing to just have. I bought it to put it up somewhere. That makes sense. I wish I read something that was Japan and Robin related. Oh yeah, <laughs> be part of the group here. But, and I'm pretty uh, sure that's Tim. They say it's Dick Grace, Dick Grayson in the Teen Titans cartoon, but I'm pretty sure it's Tim Drake. I'm pretty sure I know better than the guys that wrote it. <laughs> yeah, the the Robin canon in Teen Titans is really confusing. yeah. It doesn't matter, but they've there's an episode where Mez, 
I always say this, Mr. Mrs. Mixelplex. Mixelplex shows up and they right. they say Robin's name backwards and it's Dick Grayson backwards. Is, oh. it, is that series tied into the Teen Titans Go that's currently yeah. like loosely? Yes, that's all the a lot of the all the characters are from it mm-hmm. and all like. But I always I like Teen Titans Go. I think it's funny. Uh, and people are like, yeah, I like it too. I'm like, but just imagine if they brought Firefly back, but they brought it back as a sitcom with uh-huh. a laugh track. Like, it would be great. I love all those actors. But I could have had this really great, well-written, dramatic show. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I believe in T-Titans Go, there's a couple, like, he grows up and becomes Nightwing. Like, yeah, he does become through Nightwing. Through time travel and yes. things like that. yes. And I believe there's a battle of the Robins where they even bring in Stephanie Brown. That is in Teen Titans Go. Yeah, yes, where he, yes. he calls that all is the what Robins. I'm talking about. <laughs> well, he could, there's time travel episodes in the good Teen Titans. Oh, okay, okay. Where he's Dick Grayson in the future. Well, I would have watched Teen Titans if Cartoon Network played it constantly, yeah, or, like they do with Teen or Titans advertised Go. it, or told people they were have they had a cool show. I don't I don't know the last time I turned on Cartoon Network and it wasn't a Teen Titans Go marathon. <laughs> My son and I were just watching one the other day. Yeah, 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 because you had Cartoon Network on. But there is an episode where they flash back to the Teen Titans series. Yeah, they, yes. Why Robin doesn't take his mask off. Yes. yes. I love that. There's a couple of ones where they talk about how they, they're they like, this is what we used to look like. <laughs> Which is crazy to me because, like, we're not supposed to be the demographic of people watching <laughs> Teen Titans Go, but we are the only people that will get that joke. Mm-hmm. Like, I doubt that there's, like, some seven-year-old, like, let me go back in the catalog and see some original Teen Titans. Dad, what are they talking about? <laughs> I like this art style. I want more of this. Uh, so, uh, I was planning on reading uh, Coney Confidential, uh, but I never got around to it. It's sitting next to my bed to be read, and uh, I've been real tired, so I haven't been reading it. So, what have I been missing out? Uh... Just some high school hijinks. Uh, Scooby-Doo meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Nice. Set in Hawaii. <laughs> All right. I'm down with that. Now, you say that, and I would really like a Scooby-Doo, Buffy the Vampire Slayer crossover. <laughs> that would be awesome. Ooh, with two Sarah Michelle Gellers. There would be. You just blew, you just blew my yeah. mind. Right. <laughs> but she refuses to do any Buffy stuff, like, ever again. Yeah, but if what if it's... Because she, she has... So many other irons in the uh, yeah. fire. Remember Ringer? <laughs> I do. Ringer on the CW, which is, I think, the only show ever to be canceled after one season on the CW. Because everything there runs for ten seasons. <laughs> but yeah, I remember there's an episode of Angel that like Buffy was supposed to appear on, and she refused. So they got like a double to stand like far away <laughs> behind a blurry window. We're like, I'm Buffy. I'm here. So, uh, the, these uh, high school hijinks, is there a lot of shoehorned uh, TNA? Ooh, yeah. Uh, not in Coney Confidential, no. 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 <laughs> You're able to watch that clean Yeah, this, this was the all-ages all uh, virgi- uh, version oh. of uh, Coney Waves. <laughs> and, and what exactly was your role in that book? Uh, the writer. R- writer, not artist? No. Oh, wow. So, you weren't you weren't drawing it and you were got it clean of yeah. all TNA. <laughs> Is it supernatural, or was that it, those it, were just the? It is supernatural. Uh, she solves like all different supernatural mysteries: um, volleyball, playing werewolves. Uh, the worst type of werewolf. <laughs> um, uh, haunted tiki's stuff like that. Do you tie any actual uh, Hawaiian? Oh myths? yeah, it's all, a lot of uh, we tie in a lot of uh, Hawaiian mythology into it. That's all, I only I read a lot of Hellboy, and that's my favorite part. Is he'll. Spend um, Mike Magnolia will spend months just reading mm-hmm. mythologies, and then then Hellboy fights them. <laughs> and I watched that one episode of the Brady Bunch. Yeah, so you you got it down too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Mark, I'll throw it down to you. What have you been playing? Uh, I'm going to steal your answer from uh, a week or two ago. Uh, my son got uh, Pie Face for Christmas. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> How many times did you play it? Uh, we, we played it a few times. Um, my, every time, I always just go for whatever whatever number I spin. I don't go lesser because I, I know my son just wants to see me get in the <laughs> yeah, face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I, I just make him happy. <laughs> uh, there was one game. Every chance I got hit in the face with the the whipped cream. Yes. How old your son? Five. Okay, so that the, that the novelty of that doesn't wear off. Oh as no, no, he loves it. <laughs> 
You have to supply your own whipped cream? Yeah. That's how they get. That's how they. Otherwise, get it. it just comes with a sponge that you're supposed to wet. <laughs> yeah, which what is, is that about? And it's not like it's a thick sponge that would absorb a lot of water. It's like thinner than the, than one of my books. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not fun to be hit with a sponge. I, I imagine to see a, a scene in my head where someone tells your wife that they didn't wet the sponge, and then they try to stop your son from setting. Up. And you guys <laughs> the saw the Green Mile, right? The He's got a he's but a five. <laughs> Can't allow this to happen. I know uh, when we were playing it with my father, I tried to cook it a bit when he wasn't looking, so I clicked it, and it was the only time I'd ever seen it go off after one click. And then it just throws whipped cream on the on the wall, and that's a whole new hassle. Became my dog's favorite game, and my dad is all about souping it up. He's like, I don't think it flings hard enough. I think I can make this tighter. Oh, you got to put some springs in there. I was like, this is a terrible idea. I was like, yeah, but if it's stronger, then we can put more whipped cream on it. Or just thumbtacks. Oh, there we go. Dump them into the pie plate. <laughs> We're going to play some hardcore. <laughs> face. Um, does, does it smell terrible yet? Uh, you know that the last time we were playing, it did sort of start to stink. Yep. <laughs> When you leave milk on it long yeah. enough, it's going to stop being a fun time. Have to, have to use that sponge. <laughs> so, Will, what about you? What have you been playing? Uh, in in preparation for me buying the new XCOM, I got a XCOM Enemy Within. Okay. Which is the, a redo of Enemy Unknown, which was the last one. It's the same plot. They didn't really change anything, but they added new features. Okay. And now you can either mutate your soldiers to give them, like, uh, jumping powers. Okay. And stuff like that. Or you can make them mech warriors, which I didn't know anything about. I like to make my friends XCOM people. That's a common. Like, you, you got your squad, and you can customize their faces and their hair. So I make people my friends. Okay. And then they're like, oh, do you want to make blah, blah, blah? Like, oh, is my, it was my girlfriend. Would you like to make her a mech warrior? I was like, well, sure. She'd probably like that. Yeah. They cut off her arms and legs. So she becomes a bean person and then jam her into a giant robot. And then they, they have personalities. It's gone when they're back. Now you give them orders like, yes, affirmative. I was like, no, no, I didn't mean to. I didn't know. Would, would you rather have yes, affirmative, or would you rather have, hey, why did you decide to have my legs and arms cut off? <laughs> well, that's just what you want to... And the, like, the little NPCs kind of like the things we have to do for victory. Like, they make you feel like a horrible person. <laughs> At what price have we won? It ha- I almost started the game. I was like, you know what? Mutants from now on. Just, we'll do an X-Men's thing, and it'll be fine. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad that this is really testing your morality. I don't like it. And I'm glad. Well, I'm glad that the new game is coming out, so you can continue to experience this. <laughs> well, now I'm, I'll be in the resistance. I hear that there's more horrible decisions. Oh, I bet, because now you're terrorists. You, the only way we can upgrade this is if we kill this puppy. <laughs> I don't know. That that new gun looks great. Well, if it's like Enemy Within, they'll be like, "Would well, you want to upgrade your gun?" I'm like, I'd love to. All right, and they just snap the puppy's neck. You're like, no. <laughs> Did you really didn't inform me. <laughs> no idea. You didn't ask. That's how we make guns in the future. <laughs> Past. I don't know. <laughs> now you're right. I, I don't play. Uh, so I decided that uh, I wanted to lose all of my money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I have Lego Dimensions now. What is that? I don't know this. You don't know what Lego no. Dimensions is? Oh, it is the Lego answer to like Skylanders. And uh, and amiibos, and it is a Lego game where you also have to buy toys and, and use the portal to put them in. Oh my goodness, what a mistake I have made! <laughs> because no. it's fun, it's really fun. But the way it works is when you buy the game, it comes with Wild Style from the movie, mm-hmm. Gandalf from Lord of the Rings, and Batman. But not from the Lego movie. That's a, it's a different Batman, and they try really hard to establish. It's like that is a different. This Batman. is for real Batman, yeah. not that joke Batman. Because like the first like cutscene, you see Batman, and you're like, oh, that's not Will Arnett. But then he runs into Will Arnett, Batman, and they have like a Batman <laughs> off for a moment. It's like, oh, all right, I guess this is a thing. 
And uh, it comes with like a real thick booklet of like Lego things you're supposed to make. Mm-hmm. And every page is just a picture of the thing you need to make and play the game to receive the instructions <laughs> on every page. So what happens is you start the game. There's some weird plot about some universe guy who's trying to connect all the universes, Kingdom Hearts, crap, whatever. And uh, they all end up in this warp dimension. They're like, oh, we have to build the portal. And then just, like, instructions come up, and you just use electricity while while playing with Legos for no reason. And you build the thing. And then there's certain pieces you don't need till later. Like, there's five pieces you're supposed to collect. So you'll, like, run around and then you'll collect it and then, like, instructions will pop up and you'll be like, now take that piece that you probably lost by now and put it right here. All right. I mean, nothing's going to check to see that you did that, but you should if you want the real experience of this. <laughs> Wasn't the whole point of the Lego movie not to build the things according to the instructions? Well, it's not. Don't you want to be a master builder? It's not that you're doing it to, to the instructions. It's you're doing what needs to be done to... For your game to happen, <laughs> but you could just buy Legos with instructions. Yeah, you could. Okay. You absolutely okay. could. Right. And what's especially annoying about this, I really enjoy the game, but like they tried this concept where it's like a someone will attack you, and an area of the portal will become dangerous. So you have to physically move the toy from one part to the other. Hmm. And if you're like me. The portal is underneath your giant television yeah. that you don't want to be, like, a few inches from while you're playing. <laughs> so it burns holes in my retina every time I want to play this game. Because, God forbid, Wildstyre gets beaten up by the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> by the way, the Wicked Witch of the West is yeah, Lego it. just owns everything, huh? Yeah, Does like, Disney own Lego? That would explain all this. No. No, Warner Brothers would, right? It's all DC stuff. No, Lego has partnerships with a bunch of things like huh. they have dc and they have marvel they have harry potter and they, they have star wars star wars so they get their hands in a lot of things you think there's some secret fifth corporation that really owns it or the the super corporation and Google. it turns out it's lego <laughs> yeah they're the one building them <laughs> if we're gonna if we're alive tomorrow we'll know this isn't true yeah <laughs> well this won't go up till next week so we have a, we have a week to live Oof. And this is a way to guarantee that we will win the Powerball. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep my mouth shut yeah, if I win the Powerball. Power now we're dead. Ah, crap. <laughs> uh, so uh, that does it for uh, what you watch and what you what uh, what you read and what you're playing. Excuse me, I can't talk tonight. It's time to play a game. It's time for host versus guest versus audience. Uh, this week we're putting up a twenty-five dollar gift card to GameStop. So if you guys don't want to play when $25 to GameStop is on the line, I'm going to be pretty insulted. <laughs> Mark, what did you ring? I brought a copy of my children's book, A Cat Named Taiku, and a hardcover anthology that I worked on called Oxymoron. Oh, we didn't get to talk about Oxymoron. Yeah, Tell us a little that? bit about Oxymoron. Oxymoron is a character from Comics Tribe. He is a supervillain. He's kind of a cross between the Joker and Deadpool. Uh, he bases all of his crimes around oxymorons. So uh, <laughs> this anthology, each writer picked an oxymoron and built a story around it. I did uh, Working Holiday, and I had Oxy um, break into an orphanage on Christmas Eve while everyone else has the day off. He's out working. They gave those orphans a day off, and, huh? And he's robbing orphans, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a... like. A good oxymoron to build a story out of. Uh, he, he stole a bunch of giant shrimp. Yeah, jumbo shrimp was immediately <laughs> where my mind went. Well, I, I, I made jumbo shrimp one of his henchmen in the story. <laughs> okay, all right, I dig that, I dig that. You probably make one out of Civil War, but pa- past that, I'm pretty clueless. Accordion music? I got nothing, I got nothing. It's mm, tough. So now I have to win this so I can read this. But you could also win this, audience. Ugh. I'm nervous. I'm nervous about the audience portion this time. If you'd like to play, you have to put up a prize as well. It could be something awesome or something as little as a high five. Who wants to come up here and try to win these comic books and this $25 gift card to, to GameStop? A cookie? That's a, a cookie's that's a good a thing. Anybody want to try to top a cookie? Looks, looks like it's you. Come on up here. What type of cookie is it? 
Chocolate chip. All right, chocolate chip. It's a solid cookie. If that was oatmeal raisin, I would sit you back down. You know what? I I really like oatmeal cookies. don't like raisin. I never get what I want. Because you'll never find just an oatmeal cookie. So make them. Yeah, people people say I should make them. I don't want (laughs) to. I feel the same way. Actually, I think a chocolate chip cookie with no chips is pretty good. I'd be in a chipless cookie. Just a cookie. Cookies are good. People are like, what kind? Like, like it's cookies. just a cookie. Just eat it. Uh, turn your mic on, please, uh, special audience member, and uh, please introduce yourself. I'm Becky. Uh, say that again. I'm Becky. Hi, Be- Becky. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, so Thanks for having me. We are going to play the staple of uh, the Plus Two Comedy Podcast. This game is called Known For. Okay. I went on to IMDb and I grabbed a bunch of actors, directors, musicians sometimes, and uh, I looked up the four things that they are best known for. The idea is if you didn't know who this person was, like if you were like, I don't know who Samuel L. Jackson is, these four movies would be like, oh, that's who Samuel L. Jackson is. Uh, That's what it's supposed to be. How IMDb does it is a magical mystery of confusion. (laughs) So I will give you uh, the person... You're going to bid name that tune style of how many of the four you can name. If you feel like you can't go higher, you can challenge. And then if you get it right, you get a point. If you get it wrong, the person who challenges gets a point. Do we have a vague understanding of what we're about to do? I, yeah. I understand. Sure. <laughs> All right. I got, I got a yes and some giggles. That's what I want. <laughs> And to start off, uh, Will, we'll start with you, and we'll do David Bowie. Come on. It's a tribute. Mm. <laughs> of the Too four soon. things, now remember, this is just uh, movies and television. The four things David Bowie is known for, how many can you name Will? Uh, now I can't remember the other uh, the other movie he did. <laughs> I'm going gonna, gonna to say two. Going with two. Mark, would you like to go higher than two? I'll go three. Mark thinks he can go three. Becky, do you want to go all four? No. I didn't think so, so that's going to be a challenge. Mark, move. Mark, give me three of the four things David Bowie is known for. Uh, Labyrinth. Okay. Uh, Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me. Okay. Oh. And the Bing Crosby Christmas special. Interesting. I was hoping that would be on there, too. (laughs) The four things David Bowie is known for are Labyrinth. Basquatched? Bad... I don't know what that is. Uh, The Hungry. And Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. No Zoolander, no (laughs) Prestige. There's another famous movie. I can't even think of the name, but I was like... They're wrong. Yeah, they're they're way off. (laughs) I would not have included it if it wasn't a a loving tribute to David Bowie. So, Becky, that's a point for you. We played to three. But you get a point for challenging. Uh, we'll start with Will again, since he was not involved. And uh, we're going to change directions. So this will go to you, Becky. Ready? Tim Burton. Ooh. Huh. Of the four things Tim Burton is known for, how many can you name? Two. Two. Becky, do you want to go higher? I can do four. You Ooh. think you do all four? I don't know if they're going to be right, but they're going to be all four. That would be the goal. But... <laughs> Uh, well, I think, Mark, you have to challenge. Yeah, I'll challenge. So, Becky, of the four things that Tim Burton is known for, give me all four. Let's see. He did uh, The Corpse Bride. Okay. Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. He also did uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. No, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. And uh, he also did Coraline. What was the last one? Coraline. Okay. Ooh, no, he did no such thing. He did not. He produced Coralla. This, 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 actually, this is a common mistake. Uh, Tim Burton did not direct uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, but he like pretended to. So when Coraline came out, they were like, from the director of Nightmare Before Christmas, everyone's like, why aren't they saying Tim Burton? Just because he didn't do it. The four things that he's known for are The Corpse Bride, Ooh. Edward Scissorhands, Ed Wood, which I would have never pulled out, I and wouldn't. Batman Returns. <laughs> Not Batman. Batman <laughs> Returns. <laughs> totally wrong. It's okay. <laughs> Not totally, but still wrong. <laughs> so that's a point for Mark. Uh, that means we have to start with Will again. Yay! <laughs> and we'll go, uh, we'll go to Mark this time. And it's Liam Neeson. 
Ooh. Ooh, that's a tough one. Two. Oh. Oh. Well, I'll steal your answer and also say two. Oh, oh yeah. Good good strategy. <laughs> Now, now, are we like saying like movies that they were in or this producing? This is the ones that they are best known for. Yeah, it's what IMDb decides to display. Yeah. Okay. So the idea just was making sure. if so, someone said, I don't know who Tim Burton is, they would say, oh, well, he directed Ed Wood, he directed Edward Scissorhands, and then by the end of it, you go, oh, okay, Tim Burton. I got you. But again, but I am not IMDb. I don't you know try, you're like, well, what were the probably the highest grossing, but that doesn't always seem to be it. It doesn't make sense. So, uh, will you open the bidding with two? Yeah, I'll go two. All right, so Mark, do you want to go higher than two? Uh, no. <laughs> no, all right, so that's a challenge. All right. I wanna, I'm going to say Taken. Okay. I, I want to just say Taken, too. I'm going to say Star Wars A Phantom Menace. The four things that Liam Neeson is known for are Taken, Batman Begins, Ah. <sighs> Schindler's List and Star Wars yeah. Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Points all around. We got a game. <laughs> uh, so we'll start with Becky this time because she didn't get to play that round, and we will go to Mark. And it's Drew Barrymore. I only really know one. Bidding zero is a, is a choice. <laughs> just so you know, it's an interesting strategy, but you can bid zero if you'd like. One. Going with one still, can Mark. Go with one. Uh, <laughs> two. Two will mm, name them. Uh, Charlie's Angels and E.T. Ooh. Four things that Drew Barrymore are known for are Donnie Darko. Really? <laughs> I don't know why. Charlie's Angels. Scream. Uh, she's in five minutes of Scream. It, but she's memorable. And my date with Drew, a documentary about dating Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Is it is it like instructional? <laughs> to date Drew <laughs> Step one: be Tom Green. Ah, damn it! <laughs> so that's a point for Will. Yeah. On the challenge, so we will again start with Becky, and we'll go to Will. You guys are making this a really competitive game, and I appreciate that. We want that cookie. And it's Will Ferrell. Ooh. Will Ferrell. <laughs> is it two? It's Becky. Becky going with two. Will. Hmm. I'm going to say three. Three. Mark, do you want to go all four? No, I'll challenge. Challenge. All right. I believe this is for the game now. No, wait. Yes, no. You have two points. You could be. Yeah, so if you nail this, Will. All right. You could be walking out of here with comic books and cookies. Well, now there's a lot of pressure, and I forgot all the Will Ferrell movies. All right, good. That was the plan. Yeah, (laughs) he wasn't in Dodgeball, so I'm already off to a bad start. Uh... I'm going to say Talladega Nights. Okay. I legitimately forgot all the Will Ferrell movies. Old School? All right. Swing and a miss. Anchorman. <laughs> Anchorman <Right>. 2. <laughs> Step Brothers. And the other guys. Two points, Mark. Two points, one. Will. And uh, one point for When uh, I Becky. said three, I saw it was like, all right, Anchorman, one and two, and then I'll just have to pick another one. <laughs> and then they were gone. gone. I put too much pressure on you. Ugh. I try to make these weirder as we go along. So, uh, Becky, we're starting with you, and it's Howie Mandel. One. One. A confident one. <laughs> uh, Mark. Two. Two. Will. Uh, name them. This is for the game. Bobby's World and, and America's Got Talent. The four things Howie Mandel is known for are deal or uh, no deal. That's the only thing I knew from. America's Got Talent. Nice. Saint Elsewhere and Howie. A show that nobody watched that it doesn't even have a picture on IMDb. <laughs> but that means with three points, Will is our winner of Known For... Well, Becky, thank you so much for coming up here. Um, There they are. There they are. Star Wars Armada. (laughs) Becky, thank you so much for coming up here and giving us your cookie. Uh, So, Mark, we got to get out of here. Anything you'd like to plug? Uh, You can follow me on Twitter, at Coney Waves, Instagram, at Coney Waves, and on Facebook, it's uh, Mark Poulton Writing. Uh, Where can we buy these books? Um, You can buy them at... Uh, arcana.com or 
They're available on Amazon. Okay. Or your local comic shop. You can have them order. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Will, anything to add? Uh, just follow our Twitter. I uh, I took a, a, a page out of a, a book of another podcast, and they asked that any pedantic nerd problems you have or complaints about stuff they say in the podcast, you address to at Ted Cruz on Twitter. I've been doing it, and I suggest everybody else does it. All right. I've so been asking them a lot about specific uh, Marvel to Marvel Cinematic Universe questions. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, be sure to give us five stars on iTunes, five stars on Stitcher. Vote for us on PodcastLand.com. Make us the podcast of the month. You can also listen to us every Friday on Wildfire Radio. Upcoming shows next week, January 18th, Shawnee Houlihan will be on the show. Hmm. Uh, she's a singer-songwriter that may or may not be related to me. Hmm. And then after that, I promise you, I will book some more guests. I've been real lazy. And as always, we would like to thank Ben Affleck for making the show possible and keeping the streets of Gotham City safe. This is the Plus Two Comedy Podcast. Thank you so much.